Is Malik Willis going to start Sunday? Is Matt Ryan going to start ever again anywhere? And Harry being benched for miles, a good or a bad thing? This is the Transatlantic Titans podcast. Standing on the arrowhead at Arrowhead. Brinkley to snap. Turn to hold. Snap. Set. Kick on the way. Good! One safety in this half. Drive starts at the one and looking for a little breathing room and they get that in. Plenty more. Derek Henry still going. Stays in bounds. He might go. 99 yards for the touchdown. Unbelievable. Welcome along. I am Adam. Neil is with me. Hi, Neil. Adam, how's everything? Yeah, good. I mean, we've we've just swept the Colts again. Um, things things are not bad at all. Harry is here. Hello, Harry. Hello. How are we doing? Yeah, good. And uh, Greg just turned thirty three. Um, happy birthday for yesterday, Tuesday. Thanks, Adam. Uh, um, yeah, whenever it was. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. I, I think half of Twitter think I'm forty now, which is is great. I don't know why that is. Um, couldn't couldn't possibly comment on that. Um, may maybe an admin error. I don't know. Uh, but but here we are. It's Thursday. We're normally here with you much earlier in the week, and it's even weirder than all of that. We've as I as I just said, we've just swept the Colts. So I don't know why we weren't here Monday, um, screaming from the rooftops about it. Uh, but I mean, with that, I don't we think we need to talk too much about that game. It's happened a while ago. Um, obviously, other than just basking in the glory of it, a bit ugly at times offensively, um, but an excellent defensive performance again um, from the Titans. In fact, let's let's talk about it briefly. Um, Andrew Adams, who who knew? Um, Harry, what did you uh, what did you make of us, our newfound hero? We've had a a few guys like this seem to turn up of late on defense. Yeah, definitely. You know, with him and Tier Tart, it seems like we've gone through practice squads and undrafted free agents and things like that, and found a couple of gems. I think Adams currently is positioned to be one of the best Adams the league has ever seen, um, and that includes <laughs> Devonte and Jamal. But um, no, and, and Foxcroft, by the way. Oh yeah, sorry, and Box Rage. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I think um, no, all, all in all, you know, great to see bit part players stepping up in a big way, and I think that's been a um, staple of a Rabel Titans team is that you know players who were not necessarily expecting to be great have stepped up in a way that we we didn't expect. You know, Naquan Jones was really good as a fill in last year in, in little spurts and things like that. So fingers crossed it continues. It's just not a flash in the pan, and we see where we go from there. But. Great to see him get on the field a little bit more and Hooker look comfortable in a slot corner slash sort of middle linebacker role, which he filled quite a bit during that game as well. Yeah, it felt, it felt like we had more options. Um, I was really happy with our, our secondary in general and just maybe having that flexibility helped. Um, I don't know if that's partly partly down to Matt Ryan struggling and the Colts struggling offensively. Um, I'm not sure there's probably a bit of that. Um, but... Yeah, we're struggling a bit offensively too. Um, Greg, you seem the person to go to if I'm going to come on come on to a, a downer. Um, it makes sense. Um, offensive line, wide receivers, uh, it's not ideal at the moment. 
Uh, how how concerned are you going forward based on what we saw on Sunday? Uh, offensive line, I mean, I think the left tackle spot. Getting Nate Davis back will be huge. So I'm hoping that that's yeah, not yeah. too long away. I mean, possibly this Sunday by, the, by what I've seen, but, which is not a great deal on, on social media, but it sounds like he's, he's going in the right direction. Um, but left tackle is, is a huge issue. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, I don't think Dennis Daly is at the level that we would need need him to be. Realistically, the pressures he's he's putting on and and it and it's finally succumbed. I think Ryan Tannehill has been pretty durable for pretty much the entire time here. To be honest with you, uh, even though he's been behind pretty bang average linemen pretty much his whole time here, if you're honest. But it, it, he finally got caught, and who knows whether he plays Sunday. But like offensively, we're not a pretty team. But you've you've got to look at players who stepped up and made big plays, and Austin Hooper in particular kind of came out of nowhere. We all completely forgot he was even on the team at, at one point, and and then all there he is rocking up with with three massive catches, and one in particular that was was quite outstanding for 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 a tight end for any receiver really. Um, how he was able to secure that ball in, in that catch was was incredible, but. Yeah, look, we've got to start getting more points on the board. We seem to be sort of getting twenty around 20 points a game, which isn't really going to be enough. Um, but when you've got defence playing as well as we have at the moment, especially against the run, you know, you, you can get away with it. But hopefully that continues and we only have to score 20 points a game to, to win. But, you know, we need to start putting some more points on the board and we can't keep relying on, on Derek Henry um, and riding off of his coattails necessarily because sometimes you're going to come up against a team that can stop that. Bit of love, by the way, for Ben Jones and the end of that game and the first... I mean, I, th- I think the the moment that game was over or the moment I, I believed it was over was the the catch fumble that Brable rightly challenged with his wonderful... I'm not going to say throw of the challenge flag. Um, the sprinkling of sprinkling of salt of the of the challenge flag and um, that that was but as soon as you saw that you knew it was getting overturned and we had possession I only mean, the Colts need to score twice by by that point that was done uh, but just to just to ice it completely Ben Jones literally carrying Derek Henry on one leg <laughs> after yeah he's playing the game hurt and that was just stunning even even the CBS commentary just reacted like that's that's the best thing they'd ever seen, and then the, the reaction from Coach Vrabel in the in the tunnel with with Ben Jones giving him, I mean I I don't know I think Neil I've had I think I've had a, a good man hug from you but I don't know Coach Vrabel giving you a a man hug in the tunnel's got to be as good as it gets right? Yeah, I think he deserved it as well. Obviously, I think to be honest, obviously we all know that. Offensive line's got deficiencies, and that's that's probably being kind. But I think uh, Henry's yards on Sunday were really hard earned. Not his yeah. most spectacular game, but a really important contribution. Um, and I think, obviously, offensively it's not pretty. Um, in fact, it's ugly. But I, I, the way the defense is playing, I know it's small sample size, you know, six games or whatever. And if I'm being ultra nitpicky. I'd like to see him do it against a good offense, um, which which I don't think we've come up against yet, really. Um, but 
I don't know. I think I think the recipe for games and the way we're winning games at the minute are just just so Titans. <laughs> I think the, the, I think this, I genuinely think the team is sort of built to be like this. Do you know what I mean? We, we, we'd all like obviously a little bit more more explosive offense and 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 we're short we're short some tools as well in that respect as far as injuries goes and stuff like that. But uh, I think obviously Vrabel gets some kind of kick out of these types these types of games. Yeah, he does, and it, it's so much of winning these tight games is down to him. And he just has this this knack of knowing what ne- knowing what needs to be done. It would be nice to have a a comfortable win every now and then. <laughs> That's just not how we roll, is it? Um, it'd be it'd be nice to not have some absolute bang average receiver go and pick up you know seventy eighty yards a game against this as well. Like you, so many so many games you see, you've got like Army Brown who picked up six yards in every other game that he's played this season for Washington and went for, what was it, over 100 against us. Uh, Matt Collins or uh, the guy that you know, I don't think anyone's seen for about five years before the game against us. It'd be great, it'd be great to have have a game where, where we can actually shut down these really average receivers. It's good, it's good that we're obviously putting focus into their bigger offensive weapons and stopping them, but I absolutely love giving up yardage against bang average receivers. It's it's funny. There's a joke like following Spurs as as I do. There's a joke that does the rounds called Doctor Tottenham. Um, you know, if a team if a team's struggling, um, and you're about to face Spurs, come and see Doctor Tottenham. You know, we'll cure what ails you, and uh, sudden suddenly you'll be back back in form again. It feels a bit like that with these receivers. You know, come Matt Collins, whoever whoever it is from obscurity they're struggling or whatever come come and play Tennessee and we'll give you your 150 yard two touchdown game and get you right back to where you need to be and we're good like that our own receivers though we have made a signing where we've had with it's another practice squad signing and there have been a few of those this year some have come to semi-fruition some have just disappeared again but Chris Conley Neil, you brought it up in the in the group chat. I think uh, picking him up is quietly, quietly a really good little little pickup. I don't know why he's I don't know why he's not on a team, or I mean he's been on practice squads, but uh, he's he's somebody that has looked really good at times for the the Kansas City Chiefs. Not wide receiver one good, but certainly somebody who could help us. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we we well obviously we're we're in a position where we need contributors and we need. Sort of, we don't. We need players that can. We need receivers that can play NFL football. Frankly, <laughs> um, and I think, and I think Conley's been one of these that sort of. It, it was a bit of a darling with the draft community, if if I seem to remember, because of his athletic testing. Yeah, uh, yeah, his combine testing. So I think it, there's always been a lot of expected in, but obviously there's a there's quite a, a sort of difference between being able to sort of jump out of a building and and actually nuances are actually playing professional football. But I think, you know, I think he did quite a decent job in Houston and I think uh, there weren't many complaints about what he did in Kansas City. So as far as judging against what we've got on the field now, I think he can come in and, and really help us as far as being a, a like a, a solid pair of hands and, and possibly a red zone threat as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This, feel, this feels like Josh Gordon... That experiment didn't work. We know that, but that felt it felt exciting. But I don't think in my 
gut I ever expected anything from him. Chris Conley, my gut tells me he might actually be useful for us. Um, it's, but it's hard to tell. Although, ha- Harry, what do you, where do you stand on this? If we're, where we're, we're sort of struggling in the passing game, is it that we're not giving Tannehill any time? Or is it that the receivers aren't getting any separation? It's probably all of this, but um, yeah, where's, where's I mean, the main issue there? Yeah, all of it doesn't help one another, does it really? If you've got no time to throw and mm-hmm. no receiver that's getting wide open, it's a struggle. You know, Woods in the last game had moments of separation, a couple of nice catches and things like that. But if you're able to key on him and in the end, last game, probably Hooper as well, it doesn't leave any any options if you have wide receivers aren't getting open so at this point it's kind of throwing stuff at the wall and hoping something sticks at least just a little <laughs> bit to get you you know the option of another receiver or another threat or something like that and you know we're soon cycling through a lot of things there'll be rumors on trades and this that and the other I think we're going to get matched with pretty much every wide receiver that's going to be put on a trade block or even rumored to be put on a trade block you know before trade deadline finishes but um I just think it's partly scheme, partly offensive line, partly, you know, our wide receivers just aren't good enough, as Neil just said. So, yeah, it's a frustrating season, but I'd rather win ugly than lose beautifully. And uh, we're winning ugly at the moment, and that's fine by me. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. Um, when we we recorded our last pod a week last Tuesday, I think, and the, the stadium had been, or a new stadium had been announced. Um, since then, we've had pictures come out and we know it's we know it's a dome. We know what it's going to look like. We also know that they've uh, mocked these pictures up with a little uh, Derek Henry stiff arming Josh Gordon, Josh Gordon, Josh Norman on the on the big screens in the artist's impression, which was a nice little touch. Um, today, Buffalo have also um, announced their or, or shown off their new pictures of their their new stadium. In their case, doesn't have a roof. Um, I've spoken about my, my views on this already. Um, Neil, you weren't you weren't about last week. What did you what did you make of the new stadium? And what do you think of the of how it's going to look? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm obviously excited about it. I mean, I've obviously got like fond memories of the stadium that were in our Adelphia Coliseum days and all that sort of thing. <laughs> and you know, but I, I think a lot of, a lot of there's been a lot of new stadiums over the last few years in NFL and technology keeps sort of evolving. And I see other teams on TV, especially like obviously Raiders and, and, and Rams and things like that. And I just think them buildings that they're playing in are just sort of leaving us behind in a way. We can obviously all pour over renders and pictures and, and criticise. But I think once it does actually come around and it's actually... They've actually put shovels in the ground and it's built and we're playing games there. I think it will be quite an exciting time. Oh, absolutely. I think yeah, I'll, I'll get over my little thing about about a roof. Um, I'll have to because I fall in love with it because it's the Titans and that's that's just how fandom works. Um, Harry, you you agree? Are you a fan? Yeah, I'm a fan of obviously modernising and, and I think the stadium looks beautiful, whether it turns out like that. You know, we'll see. But from my point of view, it looks lovely. It's just sad, like you've alluded there to new stadiums getting built all the time, but and how good they look on telly, and they do. But there's something magical about watching an old ground that probably mm-hmm. looks a little bit worn. You know, like we're all soccer fans, football fans in the UK, and you know, White Hart Lane probably didn't have that mystique for me, but Highbury or Villa Park or something like that that just 
has that traditional element to it that you're you're not ever going to get anymore in you know a major sporting city because you just churn through stadiums as quickly as possible really as much as the taxpayer and the council will allow you to do um but you know it will look beautiful nissan's probably not up there to be you know linked to an 18th century or sorry an 1800 stadium or 1900 stadium but it will still be sad when it gets knocked down for sure but it's only been there 22 23 years that's the weird thing Um, i like football stadiums here i i when they announced that they were going to knock down Wembley and rebuild that. And like, I'd been to the old Wembley, like bring it on. Like it, it stunk. It, the, the seats were, well, what seats there were, they used to have standing area. The seats were awful. The, the concourse was, were awful. It didn't work. And like, you, you've got to, you've just got to accept sometimes. And, the romantic in me thinks, yeah, but the Twin Towers and all the all the tradition. No, give me give me a stadium that works. I mean, White Hart Lane, kind of the the same thing, really. It's they've done such a good job with it uh, that you just fall in love with it instantly. And yeah, I I, I don't know if uh, if the Lamex gets replaced, Greg. Um, I'm sure you'll you'll have mixed feelings. Uh, but I mean, how much are you going to miss the Nissan um, or have these have these pictures suck, suckered you in as well? I've been suckered in, but I, 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 <laughs> I think there's something magical, and maybe this is because I live over here. Maybe you don't get this when you live in Nashville because you're just used to it, but there's something magical about driving down the I-24 in a taxi and then just, just looking over and seeing seeing the Nissan Stadium and... To, to I think you know to Harry's point yes it's it's, it's not the best stadium in, in the in the NFL and yes it is you know I, I think you know, Adam you said it was built 23 years ago but I think as we said this last week there's a lot of things that were built in the 90s that just mm. feel really dated and and I don't think the stadium does does us justice in that regard the positioning of it is, is couldn't be better and I'm, I'm relieved more than anything that that's not going to change well, changed slightly, but not 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 ultimately. Am I excited? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm really excited about the new stadium. I think it looks great. That said, Buffalo's is better. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> I mean, the uh, I'm not really bothered about roofs, but if if one place needed a roof, surely it's Buffalo. Um, they the way they've designed it feels it feels a bit like a European soccer football stadium in terms. Well, that, of that's looks that's like, the way they're like going. The, Actually. Something like the Allianz, it feels a little bit like that in, in Munich, um, whereas ours feels more like, and they, they kept saying this in the, I think in the interview, the, the president kept saying oh, about the building, the building, and I'm like, it's not building, it's a stadium, right? and there's, they, they feel like two different things to me. And if you look at the designs, it feels more like a building than it does a stadium. It feels like a, a huge arena almost, um, which I don't dislike. And then from the inside, especially, it looks incredible. Um, I'm excited for what it's going to bring. I'm hoping in 2027 we're a, we're still a good football team <laughs> that we've got <laughs> we've got some football that people want to watch in there. Um, but I wish I'm sure we will because I don't foresee you know the upward trend changing that that's that quickly. But yeah, I don't think there's there's a single Titans fan whether they love or hate the actual design of it, they'll all be there. They'll all be excited about it. I'm sure. In 2027, is it, whenever it opens, is it um is it is it designed by the same people that did 
uh, Nashville SC Stadium because aesthetically, when you look at it, that's very square as well. Very much like the Titans Stadium. I don't know if it is or not, but straight away when I looked at it, I thought, yeah, it looks kind of similar in the in the way that it's sort of squared off. I see, you know what, what, you, I mean? I see what you mean. Uh, but the... Yeah. That isn't Geordie's Park. Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. So you might be onto something. I, with this is just speculation. I've no idea yeah. whether whether it is or not. But just I, aesthetically, I it. it just it just gave yeah. me the same vibes. You know what I mean? The inside feels very much like the Allegiant to a certain extent. I don't know if it was again might be the same people who who did that stadium potentially, but from the outside, it, it looks completely different. Mm. But yeah, I, I don't know if there's any relation to the to the Geodes. I'm not sure. Okay, shall we have a look at? Discord. How how many members or people are on there now, Neil? You, I've, I've thrown you a question. You might know the not know the answer yeah, to. Put me on spot. Uh, I don't know. If I'm honest. Don't know, uh, it's, 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 it's growing. It's growing. It's been good. Quite active, yeah. Yeah. Um, we have a few questions. One or two earlier in the week when we might have podded, um, but one one or two more this evening. Um, Fergal DM Leonard. There you go. I've, you know, all these Discord names are so catchy, although that actually has someone's name in it. Um, I guess I'll ask, this is a weird place, place to start, but it's, it's first. Um, I guess I'll ask the obvious question based on what's almost certainly a nonsense rumour. I may have changed one of those words, save myself some bleeping. Um, Odell Beckham, yes or no? Um, <laughs> well, going, you know, we've, we've picked up Chris Connolly instead, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but yeah, if that opportunity came along, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's it's right up our street, off the back of an injury. <laughs> um, it ticks a lot of our boxes, doesn't it? Um, Harry, yes. Would you take Would you take Odell Beckham? Probably wouldn't come at a big price. No, I think he wouldn't, and I think he'd probably just get him on the end of the season deal. So he'd want to go for a contender. So as long as we're still contending by that point, we'd want a player like OBJ. So yeah, why not? But. Just hope he doesn't have any major injuries, but it's kind of a shot into nothing. If you've got the cap room, just go for it and see what the crack is. Yeah. You agree, Neil? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I've always I've always been a massive fan of Beckham. If I'm honest, and I, I, to be honest, I think he's it, sort of he, he can evolve as a receiver because he's always been his route run has always been so good, and his hands are always so good. I don't think he has to be that sort of deep threat that that it sort of made his name being. Yeah, I think, he's got more than that to his game. Yeah, 100%. I think he's got more yeah. than that to his game. I think I, th- I don't think the injury is sort of the death knell for his career. I think he can come in and be a lot, a sort of a, a solid contributor still. Maybe he's perhaps not as explosive as he was, but yeah, I definitely I'd be all for it if it, if it were uh, if it were possible. Did you have him as well, Greg? Is he any good at blocking? <laughs> Chris Connolly is apparently, so we're, we're good there. He's, I, I, I tell you, I, I, I would definitely take him 100%. I think his injury issues, if you know, if he can get behind them, then I think you'd be foolish not to. But I, I don't see him choosing the Titans over choosing the Rams again or, or potentially New York, the Giants. There's a lot of back and forth on Twitter between him and Saquon. It wouldn't shock me if he ended up there again. Who knows where he'll go, but I, I don't see it being here. But yeah, if we had the opportunity, I'd take him in a heartbeat. You know what'll happen. He'll go back to the Giants and they'll fall off a cliff and miss the playoffs. It wouldn't be his fault necessarily, but that's 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 a likely scenario. All right. Um, more pertinent question, probably, because I agree with you. I don't think he's. I don't think we're on the the radar particularly. Um, but given Tannehill's injury, do you think 
this is Fergal as well. Do you think Malik Willis will or should start on Sunday? And if he does, what does it do for our chances of winning against the Texans? Um, probably quite a lot to to get into here. Uh, we have, yeah, the Tannehill went down clutching his knee after finally having one hit too many. It turned out it's his ankle that he's he's hurt. Doesn't seem serious in the long term, but he's he's possibly day to day this week. Limited participant participation in practice not sure what if anything he's done but I don't know where we are on this if Malik Willis is Malik Willis Malik Willis is taking some taking some reps that's probably a, a good thing for him it means he'll be more ready to go uh, but yeah Harry if it's your decision um, given no knowledge about the injury um, where, where are we going with this how do you see it yeah I think if Tannehill's like 75% 70% or more, I think Tannehill gets played. I think if it's less, I think Malik Willis comes in, but we play a very conservative game plan. It's sort of similar to what I said on car takes. You know, realistically, we're confusing things way too much a lot of the time. And if we just simplify our game plan, that shouldn't show up too much. Doesn't mean that we can play a completely just, you know, half-back dive 20 times in the game. But we can just cut out all the little, you know, wide receiver end around that's actually a quarterback and things like that and just concentrate on playing solid fundamental football with quick passing game which is perfect for a rookie that probably would only want one or two reads and then also let Malik Willis do something with his legs as well and then hope for the best but um, I'd like to see Tannehill on the field I think that gives us a far better advantage to win even if he is 70% but I think if he's any less you've got to think about long-term of the season and realistically to drop one game is at the end of the world not really to lose Tannehill for the rest of the season is at the end of our season yeah probably I, I think it feels it feels like a I'm not calling it a must win game with four and two and this is week eight we're going into but given the some of the games we've got ahead uh, yeah, it's Kansas City next week in our head um, I feel like I don't want to I don't want to lose this one because we're we're saving him, or I'm not saying we should be reckless and, you know, put Tannehill in harm's way. But if it comes down to, yeah, just just to saying, oh, it's only the Texans. It feels like a a bit of a risk. Um, Greg, are you are you with me? Are you feeling? Do you, would you be conservative about this? I think Tannehill plays all day long here. I I, I don't think. I think they can, sh with an ankle sprain, I think there's enough strapping you can probably put up to, to get him through the game. I don't think, I'll be surprised if he doesn't play. If he doesn't play, I think then it's, <clears throat> I think his ankle's probably worse than, than we all think it is. But if it is a kind of a, a slight sprain, I mean, the way he was walking in when I saw one of the videos earlier on social media, you know, there was no obvious limp there necessarily. Now, obviously, he could be drugged up or strapped up or whatever it may be. But realistically, I think, um, I think he plays on Sunday. And if he doesn't play, does that mean we elevate Logan Woodside and to take jet sweeps? <laughs> I don't know. I, I can see it being, if he, do, if he doesn't play, I could see him being dressed as a backup. Like, like, like I've, we've definitely done that once or twice with Mariota when he, one of his many, many injuries. I think we've had a game where playing Gabbert's played, I think against the Texans, right at the start of Rabel's well, so yeah. career with us. And, um, it's know, after Miami, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and 
I can't I can't remember Mariota's dress for that game, but that, that it's happened definitely. Yes, um, he found a way to win that. Um, this is weird, by the way. We don't normally have this, but um, somebody's dropped in to to join us. Yeah. Didn't bother to turn up on time, obviously. Um, but um, there's Miles Tarry wearing some pretty sexy aviators. I've got to say, um, how you doing, Miles? Hi, hi. I'm doing good, lads. I know I've missed out on what is probably the best part of the podcast already. No, no, uh, this is the best part of the podcast right now. Super Bowl. Um. Yeah, doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, sorry I'm late. I had uh, soccer uh, to play, but we won as well. Just doing what the Titans do best and just winning and getting on with life. Uh, sorry, I've got to stop here. Is this, is this a good time to tell everyone that my non-Titans raid was people wearing sunglasses in the dark? I've got oh, the how, how ridiculous it looks like. Oh, hold on, hold on. Sorry, fashion police. So. Put them back on. Put them back on. It's all. It's all good. Um, Miles, you 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 probably heard some of that. We're just we're just debating whether whether Tannehill is going to be good to go Sunday and how things look if he's not. Um, you're probably the sort of guy that thinks we could beat the Texans with Logan Woodside at quarterback. So what would you what would you be doing here? I think Brett Kern's our best quarterback option, but we know how that's gone. Um, to be honest, I think the Texans have the worst run defense in the league, and we have Derrick Henry. Um, I. I caught the end there of what Greg was saying with handoffs I actually think Woodside is a decent option he is good at handing off the ball I think if there's a time to give, <laughs> to give Willis his uh, chance to shine why don't we do it we know that Henry's going to get at least 200 yards on the uh, ground because that's just what he does against the Texans um, I think the way that he walked in when he was doing his um, pre-match interviews this week he sort of he almost walked too confidently for some of an injury almost as if to say there's nothing wrong with me like he's had a knock. We know he's had a knock. You don't need to walk like really slow and sort of casual as if you're all right. Like you can accept there's a bit of a knock there. I think I wouldn't be upset if Willis plays. I think it's the right sort of game to put him in to give him a bit of experience. But at the same time, Tannehill's a tough lad. Um, I think he won't want to have the same thing that happened with Mariotta where, well, I mean, Mariotta was down to performances more than anything. But I think Tannehill knows if Willis has a big game, bit of trouble. <laughs> There's some bold statements going on here. Um, I'm going if you want. I'm making up for lost time. Do you want to talk about how the Colts suck? I don't know what I've missed there, but I mean, Matt Ryan's an absolute goddess of a player for joining and being awful and then not playing. So, may it continue? This is, this is, I think, semi tipsy miles. I love this. Um, I'm high on life. High on, high on life. Um, all right. There's a, Another question that's a bit more lighthearted, and you certainly don't need to have been around since the start of this pod to, to try and answer this. Well, it's three questions, really, but similar spirit um, from our, our resident referee, uh, Bafra77, most underrated slash favourite slash cult hero player in franchise history. A couple of people have answered this in the thread, including Brian. Um, underrated Wesley Woodyard, which is a great shout. Um, Favourite Taylor one, Yeah, that's pro- he probably counts can be a cult hero as well, you could argue. Cult, his cult hero is Dennis Kelly. Absolutely. we've Well, we all love Dennis Kelly, obviously. Um, Aku slash Ellis. These, I, lo- I love these Discord names. Um, one of them's probably this person's name. Anyway, Khalif Raymond still holds a small, special place in my heart. 
yeah, absolutely. Just, I mean, if if nothing else, that Baltimore touchdown. Uh, but there's one against the Colts as well, where he absolutely lays his body on the line. Um, Sweatband 81, underrated Mettenberger. No, I'm not having that. Um, <laughs> Favourite CJ2K, can't argue with that whatsoever. Cult hero, clipboard Jesus. Yes, bit of Charlie Whitehurst love. Absolutely. Um, we better answer this ourselves, though. Neil, um, underrated favourite cult hero. I'm putting you all on the spot. So uh, I'm going to go underrated. I'm going to go Jayon Brown because I think yeah. prior to his, his sort of bad injury, it was really, really performing well, especially in coverage. I don't think they were, at, at one time, I don't think they were a better coverage linebacker in the league. Not, they weren't very good at stopping the run, but they were really good <laughs> when he was stood up. Um, Colt Hero, and, and this is a really niche one, but my first ever Titans jersey were Fred Miller. So, offensive lineman. So, that's going to be my Colt Hero, uh, number 71. And what one last one? You, you say, are, you, are you sure that's niche enough? I don't know. <laughs> um, well, the other one's just favourite. So, that, uh, I mean, that could be... They, these sort of overlap a bit as well. Yeah. I'm going to go for Steve McNair. Yeah, okay. Uh, nobody would ever, ever, ever argue with that. Absolutely. Um, uh, Miles, you've uh, having just joined us. Where uh, I'm putting you on the spot here. Underrated favourite cult hero. Um, I think Colt Hero has got to be Casey. I think we were all gutted when he when he left or got traded away, and I, I was certainly gutted to see him go and still still miss him around the team. Um, favorite player? I mean, to me, my first proper jersey was CJ Two K. Fell in love with the way he ran the ball, so I think it's quite difficult to move away from that. Everyone knows that I love Blazing Game. He had a great game against the Patriots last week, non Titans. Uh, and I, I, I love him to bits. Um, I think he, the way he ran was incredible. But, yeah, you don't really... Oh, oh my answer would be silly, but Brett Kern's the answer to everything. Yeah, I mean, that, that, I can't believe it's taken that long to get to him, quite frankly. That's maybe only because I need to go to Greg first with this. <laughs> but uh, let's go there now, Greg. Yeah, favourite is Brett Kern by a country mile. Um but yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of a lot of players that I could probably put in close to that list. But Brett Kern, Henshaw's above. Um, underrated uh, for me, Brian Arakpo. I think in the in the years that he had, you have, you've time, literally stolen my answer. Um, but I'll let you. I'll let you. I, I'm reading your brain. But no, I think Brian Arakpo. I think in the in the years that he was there, it was, I think he was a a big part of the upturn of, in 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 the Titans and. One that probably doesn't get enough love, in my opinion. Not, I don't think anyone disliked him. That's probably wasn't one of those that people on the fence with. Just don't think he got much, much for a shout out. And then Colt Hero. Um, actually, I've actually got two for this. Ryan Suckup, for me, I think mm. is one of those ones didn't really get the, again put him under underrated to a certain extent when you look at our kicking issues that followed. But I mean, let's face it, I had to go with Anthony Ferkser for Colt Hero. <laughs> um, Harry, who have you got? Yeah, so favourite player, Kevin Byard, um, MTSU, cousin went there as well. So there's always been that link since we drafted him. I loved him during the draft process as well and just has balled out since. Um, just, yeah, just class. And I guess that would be a lot of people's answer um, if they were saying who's your favourite player at the moment. Uh, underrated, I'd also go Jayon Brown. 
Um, loved him when he played for us. Just absolutely loved him. Just thought he was class. And um, maybe a shout out as well for Ben Jones. Obviously, this week he's had a bit more love due to coming back from injury and, and things like that. But has been a, a real dependable member of a otherwise sometimes iffy O-line. Um, and, and that centre quarterback relationship so important and has just been class through that and then Colt Hero um, sort of debated this a little bit in my head I've loved Delaney Walker but he's probably a bit too high profile to be a Colt Hero only I think he would be like a favourite player or something like that so I've struggled a little bit I think Wesley Woodyard's a good shout and yeah I don't know I just don't know on Colt Hero because everyone who I've thought of has been too big to classes just a Colt Hero do you know do you know <laughs> I what know I mean like, yeah yeah I hear that. Um, I'm assuming, uh, sorry guys, I'm assuming nobody said Marcus Mariota because it just doesn't need saying. It, it's like an, a, an unsaid <laughs> thing that we're a big fan on this podcast. Bill hurts too much, that's why. <laughs> it's, it's funny, I mean, none of us has said Derek Henry, but he probably fits for most of it, most of us somewhere in here. Um, no, no one said Dion Lewis either. Uh, it's funny that. Well, we, when, we, when we do overrated slash least favourite slash cult villain... Um, he might come oh, no. out then. I'll, I'll add that question for next week. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure. I think you're like you've said some of the names that are in my head. I haven't really thought about this enough, but nobody's mentioned Rob Baronis and that, but just kind of for holding a special place in your heart. Um, I don't know. Oh, underrated. It's a, it's a difficult one. I mean, you've, yeah, Brian Arapo, definitely. It's. Uh, I feel like the honourable shout out. I don't know which of these, if any, he fits into, but Jake Locker, in a in a funny way, um, he he wasn't good enough. Let's let's be clear. But I just had, and maybe it was a bit irrational. And looking back on it, it kind of feels silly. But I just I really really wanted him to work and succeed. And uh, like he had some of the tools, he definitely didn't have all of the tools. Uh, but Looking back, Marcus had a bigger heart as it turned as it turned out. But I felt that Jake had a, a huge heart um, at the time. He just kept putting his body on the line, and it never never seemed to quite work. Um, yeah, I, don't, I, I don't know. You've, you've you've probably covered it. I'm sort of copying copying out here a little bit, uh, but so many to too many to choose from. Um, I, I should answer that properly. I need about a month to think about it though. But there you go, oh, Harry. Sorry, Miles. All that um, Neil even. front four as well. Like, sorry to go on, but all that front four um, that were on Sports Illustrated cover back in the day, Chain Gang, Albert Ainsworth, Kyle Vandenbosch. Yeah, yeah. Them guys, all them could have could have got a shout. Any one of those four guys. Um, Javon Kirst. So, Javon, oh, Javon Kirst, just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Showing me was... going for uh, two guys from the Super Bowl team. <laughs> <laughs> well, Javon Kirst... Uh, he was around so long, but I think that that Hainsworth Vandenbosch, that was a sort of 2008 around then 13 and three number one yeah. seed. That was a that was a defense and a half. Um, was it was it Jim Swartz at that point? I, I'm I think not it sure. Was, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Collins yeah, yeah, and it, it shows like what. Uh, Kerry, Kerry Collins was never going to set the world alight, but it shows what you could do with a decent running game and a decent defence. And that's mm. how we've been built so often, isn't it? It's funny. Um, oh, I, lo- I, I love this. I love this. We could, uh, I could talk for talk for hours about 
some of the the history and the retro players and and all the rest of it. Uh, but you don't want to hear you don't want to hear that. Um, Texans, then just quickly, Harry. I know you've I know you've got to disappear shortly, um, but you've got a sub. We've got a substitute, so I can live with that. And um, why don't before you go, um, how confident are you, Tannehill or no Tannehill? Regardless of that, how confident are you facing the Texans? Yeah, I feel fairly confident. I, I think the Texans is massively underperforming of where they thought they'd be at this point of the season. Um, Mills just hasn't looked like the Mills from last season, which is great news for us as well. So I think we, you know, with the defensive game plan that we put in place the last few weeks since the Bills game, really, we should be able to dominate on that side of the ball and hopefully our offence won't be needed to do too much going forward, with whether that's with Tannehill or, or without. You know, I, I trust our defence a lot more than our offence at the moment, which... Um, feels good weirdly because I think you can control a, a bit more of the game that way but um, yeah I, I feel confident going into Sunday don't feel too stressed out thinking it's going to be a loss or anything like that a bit stressed out with times you know because time clocks and, and everything like that change but apart from that all fine yeah it's a it's an 8.25 kickoff UK time which is a bit weird on many levels but yeah I I, I want to see more from our offence like regardless of whether we were, that's perhaps a side issue. I, I feel reasonably confident anyway, but I don't want it to be. I, I want to see something from our from our receivers, uh, whether that happens or not. Might depend. Might depend on the quarterback situation, amongst other things. Um, Miles, as Harry's substitute, um, I know the answers to this, but how confident are you? Yeah, I'm an ugly substitute. Let's be honest. It's uh, anyone's yeah. an ugly substitute for Harry. Let's be let's be clear. You know what? Actually, that makes me feel a lot better. Um, <laughs> Miles, your personality is so much better than mine, though, so we do win on that way. (laughs) Every single girl I try and hit on, you've got a great personality, but you look like a thumb. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, The Texans suck. Uh, Davis Mills has the best neck in the game, but he's an awful quarterback this year. Um, Their running game is what they're trying to lean on at the moment, and I feel like the Tickle Monster and co are going to do enough to wrap him up. Bud Dupree looked like a complete game-changer last week which I think will be a big difference if himself and Simmons are fit. Hopefully Cunningham misses another week and doesn't play, and that'll be a big benefit to us. But I feel like we just have too much for the Texans. And uh, going forward, I think we're going to have a nice little uh, run of results now. Let's uh, let's uh, get rid of these Texans teams that are nobodies and then beat the Chiefs next week as well. Sound, sounds good. Neil, any doubts about Sunday? No. <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> I think uh, going back to going back to Willis, uh, I think geez, if you think his offense is conservative now, if if Malik Willis starts, just wait. <laughs> uh, but no, no, I think uh, in the old time on the Titans tradition of losing to really really bad teams, I, I genuinely don't think we'll lose to this really really bad team. Yeah, I think you you're probably right, um, Greg. Oh, I don't, I don't, you're going to put doubt in my head. I don't know why I've gone to you last. You always seem to for some reason. Um, No, we should win this game. There's no doubt about that. I think, I think it will, will come down to whether Tannehill is, is available and not only available, but what he can actually do. I do think it'll come down to that. I think if you start Willis, I actually, if you start Willis, I don't want to be conservative. I'd actually just be like, you know what, Malik, just 
just go out there. Just go out there. I know, and, I know, and do, yeah, I know what do, you mean. What's 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 the worst that can happen, right? We we if you go, I think if you go too conservative, when you're a team that are not exactly scoring points, even with your number one quarterback, going and and Texan the Texans are scoring points. They're losing games, but they are scoring points. I think they scored. I can't remember how many got against the Raiders, for example. So I, I would just say, yeah, take the shackles off. And if it is going to be a, I don't want to call it a free hit, because to your point, Adam, I think with the games we've got to come, it's not a free hit. But if you if you if you think that it is more of a free hit because Malik Willis is starting, just go and let the shackles off, let him go and do his thing, let him run out of the pocket if if he's not comfortable because the O line's crumbling in front of him, let him go and throw the ball down the field, give you know give guys who haven't had really that many targets. I mean, if I was looking. When we were talking about the Colts game, I was looking at the number of targets that some of the receivers have, have had, and you know you've got you know, NWI with like two targets in the, in the entire game and, and not a single catch, and you just think you know what, let him go deep and let him let him see if he can if he can do something because we're, we're normally too conservative anyway. And then to Mars' point, of course we've got to run the ball. There's no doubt about that. Henry's you're going to get a, a massive dose of Henry regardless if it's Tannehill or Willis. So do that with the occasional shot in the dark with with Malik Willis. I think it's uh, we've got enough to beat them. I'm actually worried that Simmons might not be available. I think he wasn't practicing again today, so, but he's another one who I think picked up an injury on on Sunday. So I'm hoping he's back because I don't think they would be able to control if Bud Dupree and and uh, Simmons are fit and available on that line. They're not going to be able to control that at all. Thing is, if even if with Simmons. I don't have the impression that his his issue is serious, but even if he's not a hundred percent, and he kind of if he's out there, he's a decoy. He'll he'll get attention, so that that would be that would be huge if he if he wasn't there, obviously. But yeah, he he doesn't even need to necessarily play that well, and um, because of his reputation and presence. Uh, as well. I thought it's worth Tartar's having like the season of all seasons at the moment as well, and I do feel like. Simmons is a great decoy in that he takes up a couple of players, and I agree. I think having his option there, but then having the rest of the line are doing a great job considering we haven't got Landry and everything else. They are really stepping up, and we might not be getting the sack numbers, but we've considered, like, what, one rushing touchdown all year? And considering that's the Texans' main game, and then we have... This is where I feel like Willis would actually shine a bit to do a play action where you have Willis or Henry getting the ball running against him will be a big struggle for the Texans to actually compete against and also there's not enough tape on Willis for them to know what to do with him it'll be it's a completely different game plan that they won't be used to and they already suck against the run so then to add that extra element where you can just have like a Lamar Jackson game of just constant play action but was feeding them the ball there's always going to be that moment where Willis keeps it and goes off himself which I feel is a big bonus to have so it's actually a good week to be playing the Texans yeah it's not it can't be easy to prepare for when you don't know what quarterback you're playing yeah with Willis as well, I, I think the harsh reality of the NFL is that it, it, we haven't sort of mortgaged our future to draft Malik Willis. The fact is, if he didn't fall to the third round, he probably wouldn't be a Titan. So if he goes out in this game and, and looks more like Justin Fields than Lamar Jackson, it, it's no sort of disaster for us. There's no sort of future capital invested into Malik Willis. It, it was sort of a, not a dart throw, but... Uh, yeah, go on then. We're happy with that price sort of draft pick. Yeah, it's not a Trey Lance situation, is it? It's no, not like we've no. blown the first rounders at him. It is a very much like 
you think of the past couple of years of our first rounders or second rounders that have completely flopped. And it's like, we've still managed to, in that position, sort of make it work. The line has struggled, but like, I feel like it is, it is a player that you can, it, it's a high ceiling player. It's exactly what it is. It might be that he turns into be a complete stud or it might be someone yeah. who just had to cover and in a few yeah. years time to draft again, but it's a nice situation to be able to try over against. We're not throwing him against the Chiefs or whatever. I would much rather have a more fit Tannehill against the Chiefs than throwing Willis out against them. You're playing with, if, if Willis is good, we're, we're playing with house money, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it, it might be... I get what some of you are saying about we'll probably be much more conservative with Willis, but I hear, I hear what you're saying, Greg, as well. Like if Yeah, absolutely release him a bit. Maybe not to start with in the game. Maybe that's like a second-half thing. Um, get him comfortable because what you don't you don't want him to throw a couple of picks early and then it's suddenly like we we've got no options or his his confidence is shot or he's you know, we don't have any sort of belief that we can get something but if he's had a sort of serviceable few few risks in the first half yeah open it up a bit more in the second uh, I know it goes against us to suggest that we we might do something more imaginative in the second half or or at least better but. That seems like the way around to do it, but I hope I hope to see what he can do rather than just use it to hand the ball off. It's exactly exactly right, um, and uh, yeah, as you say, Neil, not as much to lose as if he was a, a first rounder or we've mortgaged something to get him get him as as our future. But um, obviously, fingers crossed, he works out regardless of Sunday or or even this season. Shall we? Any other any other Titans related stuff? Anyone wants to get off their chest? Or we're just we're just waiting for the the non-Titans related stuff that we're dying to get off our chest. Um, Greg, you want to talk about wearing sunglasses indoors? Yeah, I've got that off my chest now, I think. But um, no, I, I, I never come prepared with with non-Titans. I always sit there whilst we're in the middle of doing a Titans podcast, thinking what can I actually talk about. Um, I think the only thing I can talk about is. I get a train into London on a, on a regular basis. Humble brag. I'm more than I want to be. Um, and it's, it's amazing how, I guess, in the morning, it's not too bad. It's not that busy on the line. I get, I get to leave a bit early. But on the way home, it's a hell of a lot busier. And it's just amazing how so many people sit in like almost like a strategic way to, to kind of make people have to be like, oh, can I sit there? So they always sit on like, there's two seats. I'll sit on the inside to make someone have to force to basically ask to sit down. And it's, a, it's, it's quite interesting when you're sitting there and you're like watching, you're like, they're not, some of these people know what they're doing. And there's, there was, um, and also it was on the way home today, there was a, it was really busy train. I was stood and there was this lady probably in her sixties, potentially even early seventies uh, who came on and there was, everyone just just automatically sort of put their eyes in in opposite directions almost like they don't they didn't want to have to be the one to ask oh do you want to sit down to the point where (laughs) the guy who stood next to me looked at every single person who was looking in the opposite direction and then went oh okay and then basically just picked on one person (laughs) to basically just say do you mind do you mind letting her sit down? She's obviously a well, ask someone else to give up their seat rather than. Well, no, he like, he was stood up. He oh, was I see. Okay. Yeah, he was, <laughs> no, no, he wasn't literally being like, "No, you get up." That would be. 
that'll be another level of brazen that um but yeah if you basically yeah and i was just like it just feels like this day and age i don't know maybe sort of thing i would if i was sitting there would happily do but it seems like yeah the world nowadays is that weird oh i'm just gonna look out the window and pretend i haven't seen this seven-year-old lady come on to come onto the train um so for, if you if you're one of those people who's gonna divert your attention away just just offer your seat it makes life a lot easier when you say when you're only on that train for another five minutes anyway like that's you just yeah you know, be yeah, better be better as a human being um miles you uh you've obviously been to the pub today I'm assuming this. I have no basis, no, no idea no, whether no. this is true or I, not. Um, I have not had a drink since June. I'll have you know, I am completely high on life and my body is significantly lighter. So I've discovered I have all this energy to give that previously was being used carrying my fat load around. Um, so now it's just being explored to the world, humble brag. Um, <laughs> I don't really have that much to say. Um, that, I mean... I think we'll have an exciting time on Sunday. Everyone always wondered what happens when the, uh, oh, I forgot that. Do you know, I had a great reference and it's going to be gone from my head. Basically, the most positive Titans fan in the world is watching the game with the most negative Titans fan in the world. And we have no idea how it's going to go. Yeah. Um, you know what you just, need? Just, you need just, the confirm, most... just confirm. Yes, he is the most negative Titans fan in the world. You haven't, you haven't sat and watched the game <laughs> yet. Oh, I, I, am, I am mentally prepared. I should bring some form of like, noise cancelling headphones it's when i break out my titans vuvuzela i think greg might kick me out um <laughs> but no i mean it was when i was looking on the google maps to find out how far away uh, greg lived and this isn't me kicking off how far away greg lives um it was my google maps uh showing me a route that was like an hour longer than it needed to be because it was more eco now i fully get the world we live in it's like you know everyone needs to look after each other and yada 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 I don't want to drive an extra hour just for the sake of whatever it was in terms of I'm driving a petrol car. I know it's not good for the environment. I don't then need to add an hour to my journey for a I don't even know how it makes it less economical if it's long. Who knows? But yeah, so that was it really. Other than that, I think life's been all right. Um, Other than that, yeah, that's my non-Titans. My non-Titans is just looking forward to Sunday, looking forward to having a good air. a good Chinwag while Millie Willis gets his 200-yard game and four touchdowns on the uh, floor, and we'll, we'll, we'll love it. But, yeah, other than that, nothing much to say. Just happy to be here. Love that. Love that. Um, Neil, what have you got? Oh, it's slightly sombre now after that uh, happy sort of little <laughs> diatribe from Miles there. Uh, but I, I went to the holiday last weekend or went on a little weekend away with family and I, I try and get sort of Nico, my daughter, who uses a wheelchair, I try and get her to drive as much as possible rather than us sort of controlling and whatever. And uh, we just parked up in like a sort of a, a retail park, a Cineworld type place. You know, we all restaurants, your Frankie and Betty's and all that sort of thing all around it. And we were looking for something, somewhere to eat and everywhere we were packed. So anyway, we've seen this place across the road, what looked quite empty, walked over and I've said to you, do you want to do, do crossings? Do you want to learn how to do crossings? Do you want to press button and wait till the green man comes on and cross on your own in wheelchair and I'll just watch you supervise? So, so she said, yeah. Guessed at first crossing. About four to five cars pulled up and she weren't sure. So this guy starts beeping his arm and waving his arms, beckoning her to cross. And I'm saying, no, she's not sure. Just wait. I'm sort of waving him on and he won't go. So we get some of that one. 
gets to the next crossing. Green man come on. She gets like halfway in the middle of the road. And obviously, there must not sort of be based on how fast you cross. That flashing orange light must come on after a certain amount of time, regardless. So we're only halfway across and orange light come on. Guy in a giant Audi A3 revving his engine while she's still crossing the road, which obviously oh. quite uh, startled the like. <laughs> I would have gone. Uh, there's, a, there's a there's a there's a place in hell for people like that. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, like you know, clearly she's obviously can only move at the pace that the chair goes. Do you know what I mean? And she's she's just quite like, I mean, she's doing well to even be attempting something like that. Do you know what I mean? And I just think, where has he got to be that he needs to be so fast that he would do something like that? Let, let's ho- let's hope when he arrived to that place that. He injured himself deeply, and now he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> so it sort of it just knocked her confidence a bit. Do you know what I mean? Um, she's she's worth a million of of that of that, yeah. uh, and just yeah. just make sure she never forgets that. Make sure she always yeah. realizes that. Oh man, what's, what's wrong you're... with some people? That's maybe I angry. just assumed when it was flashing orange that. It to sort of realise everybody had crossed, but obviously it must be just a certain amount of time because we were, we were halfway over crossing and it started flashing orange. Well, a lot, of, a lot of crossings now give you a countdown. But if you're on a drive and a... you do that, you fail. Oh, yeah. 100%. If anyone's on yeah. that crossing and they even read their engine, it's a fail, so he's a tool. He yeah. or she, we're making assumptions, but we know it was a he and he was a tool. Yeah, uh, she carried on, to her credit, like, she carried on going, but she took like a bit of a sharp in, intake of breath and I could see she was nervous going on her aid. Whereas before that, it, it was quite pleasant. Yeah. Well, well if you're listening, you're a <laughs> <laughs> No, I can't be a Titans fan. I was literally about to say he's probably listening to the, the Colts UK podcast. He'll be a Colts fan. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah, maybe a Jags fan. Oh, no. Well, no, no, no. no he's can't a fan, have, he's a fan of wherever Tom Brady's playing at the moment, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's, that's the one. Tamper at the moment. He wears um, an NFL yeah. hat. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's Rob Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, Rob Lowe's not behaving like that. I'm not having that. Um, <laughs> I, can't, I can't finish the podcast with VAR, can I? Yeah. Yeah, go on. Just, just... I don't want to dwell on this, but I went to Spurs against Sporting Lisbon in the Champions League last night. Had a lab with me. It's half term, late night, fine. It's half term, whatever. And one one nil down, poor first half. One nil down at half time. Up to up the game in the second half. Bit of pressure. Stadium gets buzzing a bit. Equaliser about ten minutes from the end. Pushing for the winner. It's all it's all exciting. Five minutes of injury time uh, on about four minutes, 50, 94 minutes, 50 seconds played. Um, Emerson Royal heads it back across. Harry Kane smashes in a winner. Place goes absolutely nuts. A couple of minutes later, you realise that the players are just standing around and there's a VAR check in progress. And it takes them about five more minutes to figure out that there's a nonsense offside with lines arbitrary drawn along the I don't even I can't even bring myself to talk about that but what like how we this isn't new none of this is new it's not the first nonsense VAR call but it just sucks to life like the there isn't much more thrilling of being a 
fan of any sport than a dying moments win like that with 60,000 people in a stadium going bananas. I, I know we want to try and get the decisions right, but this wasn't a glaring error. This is like some marginal offside that probably, they probably didn't even get it right anyway. If you can't fix a decision in 30 seconds, you've got to move on and just leave, let the, let the moment happen. Leave it to the linesman and the referee that are on the pitch. And this is this should, this should apply across any sport. If you, what are we doing? We're still taking five minutes to um and ah about a marginal decision. If you're taking that long to um and ah about a marginal decision, it's too marginal to. It, it's not why the thing's there in the first place. It happened in the um, and it was the uh, I was back on the Redskins. I've still said Redskins in the Commodores versus the Green Bay game, <laughs> and. Um, Robinson had a fumble, and obviously I was tracking it because I have him in my fantasy team, which won a Nobody game. cares. Nobody cares. But it took him about 15 minutes to get the decision right, and the decision was what was called on the field. They said it wasn't a fumble, his elbow's down. You look at the camera, elbow down, and they spent 15 minutes looking at it. The game was literally delayed by 15 minutes because they couldn't make their minds up, and you're there like, after a certain amount of time, What's the point in having having referees if you're not sticking to what the referee gives? The, the, like, precisely, precisely. Yeah, the whole, yeah, the whole thing, but it's not there to make the decisions. If there's a 50-50, go for it. If you're unsure, go to do what they do in rugby. I'm pretty sure it's a try. I'm given a try, but will you confirm it for me? Other than that, just let him play on. Let him play to the whistle. This, I think. It's why my dad wishes that Oxford never get promoted higher than the championship. I mean, we won't because we suck. But VAR <laughs> is ruining football. And in the lower leagues, you're right, there is nothing better than winning with the last kick of the game or the last minute. There's also nothing worse than conceding that way. But the feeling... Do, do you know what? Do you know what? The, like, we've got tuned to having it in the back of your mind as you celebrate. Like, I did... I did like, you do, like, a sense check. You think, like, is there a foul in the build-up? Is there a possible handball? Is Might that have been offside? And, like, my brain, having seen that, goal ran through all these things in about two seconds no it's clean let's hug my mate and let's go nuts and jump about and scream our heads off and it be i had no idea it, it's like exactly exactly right like if they they haven't brought this i'm not anti it being there completely although i accept the argument that it will always take away from these moments but it's, this isn't just a football thing this is cricket rugby nfl all, all sports that have this but if like it's there to prevent the Frank Lampard in the World Cup or the glaring horrendous mistake that's why people wanted it it's not being used for that it's being used in this other way like if you My can't if, if, if yeah if you can't overturn a decision in 10 seconds then it's not a glaring error stick a time limit on it if whatever the measure needs to be and even if the technology fails if you've gone past 10 seconds and you don't know any better let, let it stand trouble, I think trouble, trouble with Premier League as well is you see one decision one game given with VR and then one decision with the next not given like I mean I've got an, an example with my own team Bamf Bamford's goal against Arsenal given a foul on Gabriel literally following weekend early in Ireland shoulder barges a Brighton defender like back down M1 <laughs> and it gets given to exactly the same incidents do you know what I mean? And, and like defender in both instances, the centre half's just got to be stronger and stand up. And in both, in, in one instance, he's been bailed out with VAR, and in the one he hasn't. 
you know what I mean? Which 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 is the rule? But no I, I, I think it, it's not. I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not familiar with both of those incidents. But if, like, if it's if it's not a clear cut thing, you've got like the, the decision that's made on the field. Go with it. Yeah. What's the point in having refs? Yeah. Do you know I, what I mean? We're I not. Nobody's. Argument. Nobody's gone. Nobody's clamoured for VAR or technology to be brought in because they were really unhappy about the sort of offside that needs two ridiculous lines drawn on a computer screen. Nobody's looking at those sort of, nobody's looking at that hurricane goal last night where, oh, we need to do something about this or you know, any, any of these marginal things. It's, it's because someone scored a goal when they're a yard offside or Maradona's handled the ball into the net or whatever. That's why they want it. They don't, can, nobody, nobody wants this. You can tell it's bad because, I even complain when my own team could benefit. Oh, like if somebody yeah, scores yeah, a goal yeah. against Leeds, I'm like, that's a goal. What they're looking at it for. Do you know what I mean? Like Just a, give it. The most the <laughs> most one-eyed Arsenal fan you could ever possibly imagine liked my tweet from last night about it. You know, this is yeah. this is beyond any of any tribalism who you yeah. support. As as, they... a, as a as a neutral who doesn't support a Premier League team. I can't, I can't watch Premier League games because it just kills the entertainment yeah. style of it for me personally. <clears throat> for someone who doesn't care whether Harry Kane's goal stands in that game last night, <clears throat> I'm just sitting there the whole time thinking, um, um, I don't, I don't want to have to sit here for five minutes waiting to see whether his. I, I thought you were about to say we're sit here for five minutes waiting for Adam to rant about <laughs> VAR. That's where <laughs> no, I thought. No, no, not at all. I'm with, I'm with you on VAR 100%. Like, I, I just don't. I, I mean, don't. That said, there, there was a game that that. I went to on Saturday, there was an offside call, which if you watch the replay was not offside. I could have done with VAR on Saturday, but at the end of the day, I'd much rather be in the position where I, I don't, I watch a level of football where it's not interrupting. What I love though, is when you go to a Titans game, as soon as it goes to video review, they play the waiting by Tom Petty and the heartbreakers, which I actually <laughs> quite enjoy. So I, I think it's quite nice to uh, sit there singing along to the waiting from, from Tom Pitt and the Heartbreakers. But in my opinion, I agree with you, Adam. It needs to be a time. It needs to be, you've got 30 seconds. If you can't, if you can't muster up a reason for, for this goal not to stand in 30 seconds, it stands simple. It shouldn't be, oh, hold on. We need to go and get another line, another angle or anything like that. It just, it just doesn't work that way. Not for not for soccer slash football because for me it just kills the entertainment and the, and the sport completely. You can't say the technology is not there either. Like you literally, we're at a point now where you can do so much. It is not difficult, like Adam said. If it's an offside and all you need to do is two lines on a pitch, a child can do that. It doesn't take five minutes. Like the moment the goal goes in, have a look and call it. If it's really tight, go with the uh, decision on the field. That's it. This- but this, this is where ultimately we can turn this into a VAR pod now. But this is where ultimately I don't think it is the technology. I think it's the, the ineptitude of, of, yeah, of the people of who are running it. it. It's, oh, not, it's yeah. not the technology itself. I think I think it's just the fact that in the same way as the reason we've got technology is because how inept referees are, certainly in, in English football. I can't speak for all European football, but but in English football, that. The, the people you see going through and refereeing at a Premier League level are people I saw five years ago in League Two and they were awful then. And and that's when you know that, okay, this is why VAR and this is why you have to now watch a Premier League game that is incredibly boring because of it. But nobody would object if, if VAR rules out, say Harry Kane had been two yards offside and knocked that in. Nobody's complaining then. 
that and if if that's done in twenty seconds, right? He's clearly offside. It wouldn't even take that, would it? This how does it take five minutes to establish it's, that? It's, it's to Neil's point. Is it's all like it becomes subjective. Like the you see two identical fouls, two different decisions. You see exactly the same thing on a, on a on a football pitch all the time. A foul that's inside the inside the box never gets penalised in the same way as if it's if it's outside. It's it's just always works that way. And no, no one at the, like actually questions that most of the time. She sees soft free kicks given all over the field, all over, all over the all the time. Whereas as soon as it goes in the box, people then they're too afraid to make that decision because it's going to have a massive ramification on the overall result of the game. But ultimately, a foul is a foul. It doesn't matter if it's inside or outside. A foul is a foul. And offside is an offside. If you can't determine that in thirty seconds, then crack on, get on with the game. We kick off again. Also, I will say, as a Leeds fan, I also find it hard to watch Premier League football. That's just for other reasons. <laughs> as, as an aside, I was at the Stevenage game with, with Greg on, and Yessi last Saturday. It was, I, mean, I know you didn't like the result also, but it was... Danny Hilton. Yeah, none of that nonsense. Um just incorrect I, decisions. <laughs> to, give, to give him his weekly mention, I'd rather have Trevor Kettle ref in a game than VAR, which says an awful, awful lot about VAR. Steady, steady. Well, there we go. We finally mentioned Trevor Kettle. That's got to be the time to get out of here. Um, He'll be on one week. <laughs> that would be some get, wouldn't it? He's not well, no, Do you know what? He's not welcome. He's not coming on. There you go. Right. Every, anybody else is welcome, though. Get in touch if you ever fancy a chat about Titans. And, oh, unless, you're, unless you're Dion Lewis. Unless you're Dion Lewis. Um, Dion Lewis is not listening to this. He's definitely blocked us, um, along with most of Titans' Twitter. Right. Enjoy. Enjoy Sunday. Let's not have anything silly happen against the Texans beat them and on to the Chiefs next week um, tighten up good to chat as ever go well tighten up tighten up